Blog Talk Radio. Now, Dr. Deborah Carlin, your partner in excellence, in conversation with Richard Flint, the man who wrote the book on human behavior, talking about approaching our negative environment in this world with courage, confidence, a positive mindset, and definitely no apologies. I love that. Good morning, friends and colleagues and people we don't know yet, but you want to know us for sure, because the dialogue in here between me, Dr. Deb Carlin, and my good friend, I mean my really good friend, and my co-sponsor on the show, Richard Flint, is always a kick and a half. And that's basically why we say apologies, because we don't want anybody to feel kicked in here. Agree. <laughs> and today's episode, <clears throat> we've been going back and forth about topics and, you know, what do we want to talk about? What's top of our mind? And listen to this. How about if what you do in your life is to listen to what you know, not what you fear? Oh, for gosh sakes. I'll tell you what, in today's era, I think fear is the big challenge for everybody across the board, politically, politically, because of the political climate, because of the social climate, because of the health climate, because of the fear factor that has been sprinkled, just like the scene behind you. For those of us who are sitting here watching us live in the studio or are recording for afterwards on Zoom, you know, we've got our backdrops. Mine is my real office and yours is, well, it's your real office. You're in outer space today. And, you know, all those, all those stars that look like little sparks in the sky, it's like that's been a, a salt shaker of fear delivered onto the earth in this since December of 2019. <laughs> I love how you bait me. <laughs> yes, yes, of course it is. What better way to frighten people, you know? I mean, what better, all right, let me back off. I meant to say, what better way to control people, some people think, than to frighten them, you know? If you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. If this doesn't happen, then this is going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Get off the fear factor and please evaporate the fear paradigm. It's really counterproductive and it's a terrible assault to the human condition. Yeah, actually, you know, when fear is not a manipulated move, when fear is a a focal point for concern that's going to inspire something healthy, something productive, genuinely, and that fear hasn't been contrived? Absolutely. But I think we're living in a in an era of contrived, a lot of contrived. What do you think, though, Richard? I'm doing 
the talking. No, no. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. at the ways in which the newscasters, again, we've talked about this through 2020 and then sort of softened back off of it, you know. The newscasters need to keep their opinions out of it. If you're on a show and you've just got a show that's your platform to say whatever you want, but if you're on a, if you're on a particular brand and it's not your show, you're not there to to tell everybody what you personally think. Uh, you're you're supposed to announce the news. You're not a journalist because you're not drumming up the stories. You're delivering a script. But stop injecting your personal insight because it's not very insightful and it's not very smart. I hear so many of these people on on the news, which I rarely watch, but and I mean rarely. It's it was it was probably a month since I looked at any television news and I don't listen to it on a, on a radio, on a radio channel or even on, on, on the internet, but because I'm tired of it and people are talking so much about it. And it, it's like, well, it, for what good? I watched it every day, 2019 and into 2020. Um, stop being enthused about things that you don't understand. Stop recommending for people to participate in things that you don't understand. And I really don't care what you've done personally, but you've got an influence on people and you need to take responsibility for the influence of your voice. 
So don't be cocky, don't be sassy, don't be sarcastic, and don't be advising the American public when it's not your show, it's not your platform. Just read the news. Like the weather person, tell me what the weather's going to be. I don't really care what your plans are for the weekend. I don't really care what you think of the weather. I just want to know what the temperature is going to be. Yeah, but it's like we've talked about before. So many of these iron news heads uh, that you see on TV, uh, all they're doing is reading the script that's been written for them. I know, but they don't need to insinuate their silly opinions. Uh, but I, I find in the, in the local news, sometimes they don't blame in their opinions that we should out here and talk about it. they're reading, but I dislike even more when they are genuinely shooting off their mouth with their stuff. Aren't they all like that? Yeah, aren't they all like that? I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't want to represent endorsement of any. Uh, of the of the news outlets, but let me get back on 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 the track of fear. Um, the fear that's taking place right now. You know, we have a president of the United States of America who delivered a veiled threat. That was when I flipped off the news this morning. He has, a, he, he has well, he has a brilliant idea about how this. Why why the nation's numbers are dropping across every state in terms of incidence of this virus. And he's attributing all of it to these injections. And he's saying, and for those people, and I quote, who aren't going to be vaccinated, they're going to have to pay the, pay the price for that. Pay the price for that? What is that price, sir? What are you going to do to those people? Uh, and again, what that is, it's, it's an attack that we're under that's becoming more and more vocal. But you and I, as a human, as a citizen, we don't know what Well, I'll tell you what. Yes, we do. And I'm really proud of all the states that have banded together their people under decent leadership and said, this is the United States of America. And if you look at the examples of the states that didn't go along with this whole national fear, they're healthy. Yes. Yep. That's right. And where is Mount Rushmore in North or South Dakota? South Dakota? So South Dakota is another, another place. Idaho. She's sharp. Yes. Yep. 
and smart. And, you know, when you say that to people who are fearful, they don't know the numbers and they don't believe them. So, okay, why not? Why not? Why not believe them? Well, you know, yes. when I was in the hospital in uh, Missouri, and it's in there five days because of COVID. Yes, because you, my dear friend, even though you had cooperatively gotten an injection, you still contracted the virus. Yeah, but the good news is the doctor said that because I had a week to get that, uh, that shot and the antibodies started to build up in my system, that that was one of the reasons that um, I didn't have it real bad. Um, but the thing, that, the thing that I unlocked while I was in there, it was, it was really interesting because I, I had a hospital room by myself, and uh, I set up my office in there. Yeah, <laughs> of course you did. You referred to as my Midwest office. <laughs> and, uh, it, was, it was interesting that because when the nurses would have a break, they'd come in and sit in my room. I bet they would. And we would talk. Yeah. And it, it, it was interesting listening to them because they were a great example of listening to what you know, not what you fear. Very and, good. You know, they, would talk, they would talk openly about what they were seeing and what they were experiencing. And uh, the doctor that I had, she was remarkable. But she made sure that I, on her rounds every morning, I was her last stop. And she would come in and she would sit down and talk to me. I love that. We had several moments before we talked about who do we need to be listening to today? And, you know, they keep talking about listening to the science. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who defines the science? Yeah. And she, you know, my respect to her just grew because her whole thing was, why don't they listen to those of us who are on the front line? Why don't they come talk to us? Yeah. Yeah, rather than the speaking heads, rather than say whatever they're being paid to say. So what kinds of things did you um, did you hear from all these health care workers? That the virus is real. Of course it's real. But the news made it much more dangerous than what it was. Absolutely. And it's like the, doc, like the doctor was saying. You know, she said on several occasions, why don't they come talk to me? Well, I don't hear what she has to say. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So early on, I started doing research about this um, COVID-19 and um, what kills it? It's really interesting. You know, warm temperatures, sunshine. You know, uh, cleaning. Like you know, for for most of the time when I um when we shut down in March of 2020, I started immediately in April. 
going out and, you know, making sure that I got several hours of sunshine every day. And then during the summer, you know, it's real easy for me because I absolutely worship the sun and the beach and the water. So I would, I mean, my office was outside and I would be in the sunshine. And I, it, it, it hurt my heart to see people out taking walks. Are they breathing the fresh air? No. Even if they were alone, even if they were running, even if they were on a bicycle. So, you know, yeah, the fear really drove things. So I love it. I love it that she said, I wish that they would come and talk to us because they had a different experience of it. So did she see a different experience in terms of how to treat it? Regeneron. Sitting here. <laughs> yeah. people know that they're being fear-filled instead of what they know? Yeah, there can't, you know, church and state, right, we decided long ago that that had to be kept separate. I mean, that was why we had the English come over here, right, to settle and why people wanted to immigrate here because they wanted freedom. They wanted religious freedom and everything that goes along with that. So the idea that we've got health and government intermingled to such a high degree, how did that happen? Well, people didn't know how to take care of themselves or they wanted help getting taken care of. And so we start insurance companies and then insurance companies cut deals with the government for pricing and for making deals. And we got social security and the government just slowly keeps taking more and more care of the people. And people don't to recognize that while we want to operate as a loving collective, there comes a point at which 
And it's not a point in time. And it's a, it's a point in behavioral adaptation, in attitudinal adaptation, when people's attitudes shift and they say, hey, wait a second, you're the government. You owe me. You owe me my health. You owe me my health care. You owe me housing. You owe me this. You owe me that. Uh, but if you want freedom, you know, <laughs> it, it's a, you can't you can't say you want freedom and then you demand something and and you get unreasonable about it. So I look at all of this and I think to myself, you know, I think that there's I think that there's malintent in some places, but every bit as much there are people who actually really believe what it is that they're saying is I'm watching them and I'm thinking that that's actually not true. <laughs> that's actually not accurate information that you're spewing as an expert here. So what I'd really like to see happen with our, our American culture and then, you know, around the world, I mean, I, I do care about the whole planet, but I care first about my own. You know, it's like take care of your own household first and then care about the neighborhood. So I care about our country. And, again, I'm going to say exactly what I said in December of 2019. Whatever this is, the thing that we have to be more concerned about than the actual biology of this virus is the social psychology of it, the social psychological impact of it. And that's really borne out to be true. And people say, yeah, but the virus has killed people. So has the depression and the isolation and the panic and the, up, the uproar of fear that has caused people to lose the will to live or take their own life. Right? And I don't out there. There's a people that have given up on life that are still walking around. Yes. You know, and all the effects of how this has been handled, uh, we may not fully understand for three to five years. Well, I actually think it's going to be a longer trajectory than that because the impact on our children. You know, children who are, are born in, this, in, in the middle of this, who are deprived of the opportunity to learn facial recognition because they only see the eyes, you know, the development that takes place during all that. I mean, there's all these, there's all these um, unintended consequences to anything that we do. And let me be really clear. Our message here, and one of the reasons why we say, no apologies. You know, we're the influencers with no apologies. It's because we are here for benefit for all and harm to none and no no um, malintent for anybody or disrespect. It's Our conversation is always about love and wanting to help. But for those people who are nefarious, you know, they'll take the insult and run with it. It's amazing how we've taken this virus and used it for whatever cause we want. You know, just just the amount of the platforms that this has opened up. And not only has it brought out fear, because I think fear that becomes fright anger. And I think a lot of what we're seeing today is just 
it's just amazing how a small group can actually control what we hear. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that the world isn't hearing. You know, all the issues that we've got with censorship. I, I, quite frankly, you know, I've been, I've just been surprised. And it, I've been surprised. <laughs> I've been surprised and I've been... I have felt anguish about it because there are some really beautiful movements happening around the world to illuminate for people how to be healthy. And they're being censored. You know, their videos on YouTube are being depleted because their accounts are being closed. Why? Why Why do we not want to allow people to be as healthy as they can possibly be and learn about it? We are in a time that I think maybe once or twice before history we might have been here. But we are in a time where the the fight has almost put some people in a panic mode. Well yes, not almost. And when you get into that mode, you tend to retreat. Mm. So here's here's one of the other things about this. It, as people listen and they're trying to figure out, you know, are we are we pro inoculations or against them? Are you and I on different fences or same fence? You know, the thing is, it doesn't really matter because whether you've been inoculated or you want to be or you're going to be or you don't and you won't and you haven't been, you still need to be concerned about boosting your immune system. You still need to be concerned about your strength, your core strength, and your core strength training. You know, I'm, I'm now working out five days a week, really working, working out hard five days a week. I want my strength and my best health. And, and quite frankly, I found last year and most of this year so far to be pretty bummy. You know, I, I still have my vibrance. I still have my daily happiness. But I feel that pinch of something on me that makes me feel sad, concerned. Do you think that sadness can also be an, an emotion that gets dumped into fear? You mean sort of like a chopped salad ingredient? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, 
I'm 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 doing a lot of really intentional work with my my thinking, my feeling, my energy, my heart math. You know, I wear my biofeedback device, and I'm I'm working on my coherence between my mind and my heart. I mean, it's a wonderful, beautiful science, and I recommend everybody go to heartmath.com. And if you want to learn it, you can learn it there. If people want to learn it, they can come here, and and I'm happy to talk about it and teach it. And actually, I'm designing programs just so that people can learn it from me, officially, you know, formally. And I, when I leave my home, I have a conscientious intention that I've got a field of love and happiness that I carry with me everywhere because I don't want to go out into the world and have that infect people in a negative way because I'm angry, you know, or, or frightened or sad. I want to go out into the world and be happy. And people look in my eyes, they see happiness. That's exactly what we do. Absolutely. So speaking of which, while we're sitting here, essential oils on my hands. People might think it is essential. And this one's called breathe. (laughs) Conversation takes my breath away. Seriously. The thing... Yes, me too. We really, all the things that we can do that people might think are, you know, hunkety-doo-dah, I mean, some of them probably are, but natural remedies and nutrition and building our immune system and exercising, praying, doing meditations, things that are really good for our mind and good for our spirit, those are things that we really need to be doing. I'm so glad that churches have opened back up um, in the Catholic Church, I'm, I'm very displeased that our sacraments won't be returning, or they're returning in very limited kinds of ways that make it feel alien and fear-filled. Not crazy about that. How do we have people We play mind games, healthy ones, and give people strategies and exercises. And you and I design programs that we do, and we offer them for people as retreats. (laughs) And we have faith, because faith and fear cannot live in the same being. I bet it won't sound wrong. Just spell it out. about that. 
and I and I think that it'll come across as a very right thing. I, I think the fear to be to not ground itself in uh, in fight. The first thing we have to do is we got to face the fact that there are things we that make this different. And you know, why? Why? Why do you think it is so beautiful? And I think one of those is the fact that fear that's grounded in the unknown doesn't give us a pathway to an end in it. And I, I think that, that in the last year, the last year, I think we've lived in the dark. And we, we just had stuff thrown at us. And what's been thrown at us is, is not the spirit that we can overcome. It's the spirit that this is this time is more about living me. Uh, I don't need a lot of people that are maybe you can but I don't need a lot of people who are willing to face their fear. Yeah, I, I'd say that that's that's um that's a pretty accurate statement and and, and, and I think everybody that I work with I think, I think you and I are working, our client population, client or patient population, is a lot of fear-based things. And I do everything I can to try to get people lifted out of that. When I, when I look at my six years, the fear of the unknown, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of loss, and fear of success, I think the fear that is running rampant today is the fear of the unknown. And you and I talked about this on several shows, about the fact, who do you trust? Mm-hmm. I mean, there doesn't seem to be one voice out there that they need to believe in. Uh, a, a, a voice of impact. says impact. Because the voices out there seem to be voices that want this fear to continue. They want people to be frightened. Because when people are frightened, you can control them. And you know what? I'm trying to think on the political scene or the health scene, who is it who has got a really clean, clear message and agenda that's fact-based? And they really, they really have, um, they've got a platform, they've got a national platform, and they are really sharing what's healthy for the nation. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking around. I don't know who that is. I think there have been some voices out there, but they have been silenced. The people that have really looked at it from a positive viewpoint and are actually dealing with the science, uh, they have been silenced. Because if we start talking positive, then people start believing that we can get to the other side of it. But as long as we keep fight and fear at the forefront, then I think we. We keep people 
the emotion gets inside of you and it turns negative. It can, it can manipulate so many of your positive emotions and put them to the background. You know, if, 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 you, if you look, if, if you look at how all of this has been presented, tied to the fear the element of doubt that is so strong out there right now. And when you have doubts, you can't have trust. And you're not aware that this has caused the people. And that's what you were talking about. The number of suicides? Yeah. The number of emotional breakdowns? The number of people who have gone into seclusion and hiding because they're worried? I, I, I know people around me here that haven't been, actually really haven't been out of their house since March of last year. I know. I know. There's a lot of that. And, and then, you know, when you put those two together, you get that, uh, that, that uncertainty. And uncertainty just paralyzes you. I put the TV off. So, I think that that's, that is certainly a percentage of our people, and there's families that have been fractured in the midst of this because kids want to see parents. <coughs> um, parents, grandparents, you know, people being segregated and separated from one another, and I think that that's really been... You know that that that's very damaging for for our culture, and you know people dying in the midst of that. That's been heartbreaking. But the other part of this too is that we do have many shiny examples of Americans who have risen up and said, "Wait a second, you know, just like the states that we talked about, you know, where they didn't shut down." You know, and, and so now people there, you know, there are still people in those states, like you're talking about being in South Florida, and there are still people there who are right within your midst, and they're still terrified, you know. Like, it, it's got to be too good to be true here in Florida. So, okay, maybe this is the way it is, but but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here and protect myself. Okay. The thing that I'm concerned about, and the thing that I'm concerned about, is how do we get everybody into reentry mode, and what's the cost of that? Well, I think the more we reduce the threats, the more people will start coming out. So, and we don't know what's in this thing. You know, transparency is a big word in our culture, and it's not very consistent. If you want to dissect it, 
then you can sit very still and look at the different presentations and look at the behavior that people engage in in those presentations and ask yourself, where did they get their information? How credible are they? What is their exact history? What is their pedigree that they're able to say what they say? What's been their experience through all this? that they have the right to say what it is that they're saying. Then you can tell. Then you can tell. And look at the inconsistencies in what people say. And I don't want to hear about, well, things, you know, we, we, we know more now than we knew then. No, we know the same stuff. The molecules of this virus haven't changed. The shape of it hasn't changed. Yeah, you know, uh, what, what we know, what you and I know in our profession of psychology is what is the, the most undesirable characteristic of any human being, the thing that will repel everybody totally. And people go, oh, somebody who's really angry. Oh, somebody who's really fake. No, someone who's really volatile, massively inconsistent. We can't stand inconsistency in our life. And you can't stand inconsistency in leadership. Right. Because we only have leaders because we're following them. So if your leader is inconsistent, you don't know what direction you're going to be going because you're following. It's terribly, it's terribly disruptive. It's like, it's like every day there's an earthquake, right? An earthquake is a terrible experience to go through because literally the earth underneath your feet is unstable and the building that you're in is shaking and coming down all around you. You know, I, I, I think the three words around the leader together, leader, leadership, and leader. And to me, the leader is the person. Mm-hmm. Okay? What are the qualifications that make me want to follow that person? Or okay. qualities and, as well as qualifications. I know, it really is. Isn't it sad? Yeah, right. You know, this this goes from an international level to a national level to a, a local, regional level to a household. You know, people want to know why their children are out of control. It's the same thing. Inconsistencies. We want to be able to count on people. We want to be able to count on one another. You know, you and I know that every Tuesday, except last Tuesday when I didn't know you'd be here, and I'm sitting here laughing. I know I was so concerned that you needed more time to recover, so I just want our audience to know 
that Richard contacted me and he said, I'm in here. Are you coming in here? I said, I thought you needed more time for recovery. And the response was, I am way beyond recovered. <laughs> Indeed you are. You're magnificent with your resilience. No, but yes. of all those things, but we do it from a place of faith, discernment, goodness, benefit for all and harm for none. We feed people information and advisement. Because over the last decade, credentials 
have come under great fire. You don't have to be credentialed. You don't have to have an education. You just go out there and do whatever you want. Yeah, well, not when you're playing with people's lives. Not when you're playing with people's health. You know, there needs to be all kinds of professional standards and training and insight and and that kind of stuff takes years and years, right? 10,000 hours till you're a master of it. Yeah, exactly what I'm thinking about, right. I thought you were giving me the peace sign at first. And what they know about psychology is how to recognize a person who's in pain and is looking for something. I got something. Yeah, not you not substantive, you don't. Which you and I do not allow because we are integral. fun people want to stick around.
know. This one's going to be virtual, right? I think there's a universal knowledge out there. I do too. 
donations from Dr. Deb Carlin and Richard Flint. Friends, and Richard, uh, stick with me here. We are going to end it for today and say we'll see you next week. Uh, thanks for being with us. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.